being held at gunpoint right in front of your house is just one of the things our next guest experienced while living in a very, very dangerous part of Chicago. And she had to become a tough, a tough girl to protect herself, to avoid dangerous situations. And I'm really honored to have her because her story is just beautiful. She decided that being tough wasn't really who she was. She wasn't being authentic. I'm excited that you get to meet Alma Delgado. Do you ever think that you're running your life on autopilot? Well, that was me. For over 40 years, I was dealing with a past childhood trauma that hadn't been fully addressed. Even though I had gone to therapy and I've done different methods of healing, there was something missing and I felt incomplete. And then a couple of years ago, I realized what the answer was. My name is Lynn Ann, and I'm here to help you advance your healing to a brand new level where you can fully embrace the femininity and beautiful, sexy mama who you are. And I want to share that with you through this podcast. Myself and my guests are going to inspire you with our stories of our healing and how we have truly triumphed after trauma. Hey everyone, I'm so excited to be here with another fabulous guest. And this woman is such a delight. She is a gorgeous, gentle, sweet, and kind woman. And I've gotten to know her a little bit over the last couple of months. This is Alma Delgado. Hi, Alma. Hi, hi, Lenan. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to you and to your audience. Oh, it's my pleasure. It is my absolute pleasure. I've had so much personal growth and my heart's been opened. My mind has been opened. My soul has been opened to just uh, learning about other people and where they've come from and their journey and who they are today. And you're not an exception. You have a unique story and I'm really excited to share it with the audience and so Alma I remember you telling me that you had this you had this need to be a tough girl and audience you can't see Alma she looks like a Kardashian this girl she or like Miss Venezuela or you could just call her Miss World that that's who I'm talking to. And so where did that come from? Where did that need to be a tough girl come from? I really, um, I think it, it came from my observing the environment that I was in as a young girl. You know, I grew up um, in a city called Harvey, Illinois, and it was one of the cities that had the highest crimes in the Chicago suburbs. Also, you know, a child of two immigrant parents of Mexican background. So, you know, kind of grew up with that mentality system where all, you know, Mexican men were machos. And that's in, you know, just observing my father, the way he interacted with my mother, um, just built this anger inside of me that, you know, no woman should be able to deal with this type of, you know, um, treatment. So 
I started observing everything around me and I just viewed that a lot of the women that were married to Hispanic men were treated as a possession. You know, they were possessive over them. They were, you know, treated as a housewife versus, you know, just a partner, a life partner for them. So, and that's my own perception. Not all men are like that I know now, but I developed this anger and this toughness where I had to be tough because I didn't want any um, man to approach me and think that I was weak and that I was going to allow them to treat me the same way that I've seen other women treated in the environment that I was in. Wow. And so was it a, was it a scary environment? I'd never grew up with anything like that. I've seen movies. So is it like the movies? <laughs> like games? It's, yes. Um, I was basically surrounded with uh, a lot of gangs, um, uh, the high school that I went to was not a bad high school, but because of my limited beliefs, I didn't open up to make connections with other people other than the group that I grew up with as a child. So in my neighborhood, um, but yeah, there was a lot of um, high crime, such as, you know, murder, shootouts, you know, people burning people's homes and, you know, name it, held at gunpoint and robbed right in front of my home and you know just it's just one thing after another and so that type of environment made me you know I had to be tough it's not that it made me it just I had to be tough I was you know raised to be street smart and right. that's how I survived <laughs> but it stayed inside of me for years and that's what I you know worked on to heal myself you know and and still on that journey but I feel at peace right now Right. Wow. That's, that's really great. Now you said something about gunpoint. Were you robbed at gunpoint? Yes. <laughs> I, I was, you know, we were looking for my little brother who um, was out, you know, hanging around and there was a young man, a couple of men that were on a bike and me and my sister were in the street and they put a gun to her head. So I ran up to the guy and then they put a gun up to my head so I stopped and I, you know, I was trying to battle with them and grab, you know, the gun from my head. And I said, leave my sister alone. And that's where the anger came out. And, you know, I was willing to, you know, have them hurt me, but not my little sister. And thankfully, you know, nothing happened that day other than us being robbed from our coat and our money and so forth. But, you know. How old I'm were just, you at that time? I believe I was about... 16 maybe about 16. Yeah. Oh wow and that was right in front of your house? Yes right in our neighborhood. In our neighborhood we just had to be so street smart. So I grew up with fear all the time. I had to have my guard up all the time and yeah, um, yeah it was it was a, a scary moment but at the same time that anger and at that age of course I wasn't scared to fight you know, I saw a gun, but in my mind, I said, this might be a fake gun, you know, so I grabbed the gun and take it away. But then when they pointed it to my sister, I stopped. <laughs> it, it was just, you know, at that moment, growing up in that type of neighborhood, you, you become fearless. Yeah, almost as if you 
any sensibility just goes out the window because you're just surviving. Right, right. Wow. Okay, I I can't even imagine. I mean, even just grabbing the gun that was at your head. I mean, that's yeah. just nuts. That's crazy. Yet, I have a personal story too. Somebody hurt me and they said, if you don't do what I want and what I say, then I'll hurt your sister. And we shared the same room. Oh, and wow. so you almost take yourself out of it mm, yeah. because you have a great love for someone younger, someone that's innocent, someone that doesn't know anything better or, and you're just, you just have this responsibility. So yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. That's, um, you know, that instinct that, you know, of love, that's true love when someone will stand up and fight for you and, you know, take, take a bullet for you. (laughs) Right. And my, um, I just did a personality test and I know you did too, because we're, we're both in the same master coach certification program and it's been an amazing journey. And sure enough, I, that personality test, what am I? I'm a defender. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an, I think I was an advocate, which is more a leader, you know, someone, you know, standing up for teams you know leading and coaching and I was like oh really okay cool (laughs) I'm in the right place then (laughs) (laughs) yeah it goes right along with who you are now from going from that environment and you know surviving and being tough you what what was the switch for you what did you do to to kind of give that up. Do you still have it in you a little bit or are you a totally different person? You know, I, if I go back to my neighborhood and see any of the friends that I used to hang around with, they would not recognize me. They would be in total shock. Um, I totally did a whole 180, 360, whatever you want to call the degree change. You're a and, suburban mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I always joke with my husband, I'm like, you could take the girl out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of the girl. <laughs> but I, I mess with him. But yeah, I totally changed the whole persona. And I think all of that really started even in that time period. But I didn't know it. I started off with, you know, as a young child, I was overweight at a certain age and then lost all of that weight. And when I started, you know, changing that part of me, my health, it, it, it totally changed my mind, my whole world, my mindset was different, I was happier, I was uh, energetic, I wanted to, you know, drag all my friends with me, but nobody was interested in what I wanted to do. I literally had to drag, you know, my cousins to go out for a walk or run with me. And, and, you know, and it's probably still, they would still look for me to drag them out just because they feel that motivation in me. But um, that's where it all started. I, I started feeling good and I, and it was all health related. I didn't know at that time that it was in my mind, but it's all mind. You switch your thoughts and everything just starts changing in your body mm-hmm. and your cells. So 
that started that journey. And then I think at the age of, I would say 19, you know, I met my husband and we got together and I went through a, I would, I don't like to say dark because I always believed in my heart that I could get through anything if I mm -hmm. got through my whole life. And, you know, that's what my parents taught me, regardless of the difficult background I grew up in and the, you know, the um, verbal abuse from my father and, and all of those kinds of crazy things. I still value them because they did what they could with the knowledge that they had. And they still instilled in me a hardworking, loyal, good person uh, in me, although I'm, I had to pretend I was a tough, you know, girl so that nobody would mess with me. But um, going back to where <laughs> I started and changing all that mindset and my life was, you know, at that young age, you know, I lost weight, I started looking to my health, I met my husband. And all of a sudden, you know, my brother, uh, at the age of 19, my brother, who was 17 at that time, had um, passed away uh, due to suicide. Um, and at that time period, I was really down. And one day, I went to work and I went to a library. And I found this little book. And it was like Bible verses. And I didn't go to church. I didn't grow up in church or anything. But I did know you know, there was a God. And I found this book that had like little chapters in it of when you feel angry, you know, read these verses. When you feel sad, read these. That changed my whole life around, even though I didn't see anything changing, but I knew something was calling me to fill this big void in my heart, to get rid of all the fears and all the insecurities that didn't belong to me, that I learned over the years. And that's where I think my whole turning point, you know, started. And ever since then, I just been immersed in everything positive, mind, body, and spirit. And I want to share it with all the young girls and teenagers because I went through all of that and didn't know that there was another world out here. Yeah. All you knew was right in front of you. Yes. Yes. And, you know, no judgment on any of the, you know, the gangs. I always have sympathy and empathy for them because that's all they knew. That's all they know. There was no, for me, I can say, there was no activities, no, you know, with the limited income and just living in, you know, that poverty. My parents couldn't afford to put me in sports. Although I think I probably would have been really good, uh, a really good basketball player. <laughs> uh, um, I wish I would have, but uh, it didn't happen. So anyways, um, you know, long story short, ever since then, I have been an advocator no matter where I go, you know, it's either at church, at home, friends, especially at work. I'm just an encourager, a motivator. And I want to definitely tap into a bigger group of women because I think this is a time that we need to really take advantage and help people out there. Right. Yeah. Wow. Your journey is really, really beautiful. And 
I love hearing you talk too. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And so right now with your work, you are responsible for a team of people and that, so where does, what do you, how do you perceive leadership? What, what do you believe makes a good leader? What are some things that are your strengths? I would say, um, you know, before I became a leader, I still had those limiting beliefs that I didn't want to lead because I wasn't fully there. You know, I, I, I guess I would say I was a perfectionist. And, you know, just to backtrack a little bit on how I got into this leadership role was every day I went to work and I treated it as if it was my own job. And I think that's one of the leadership qualities that I like to see in you know, my team members. Because when you do that, that just shows you're loyal, you care about what you do and you care about the people that you serve. And you don't even have to work towards being promoted. All of that's gonna come just naturally just by you doing your job with love. And that's what I have been focused on is you know, in my career, um, I had worked in public service for 20 years already. So I served the public, I, you know, from different positions up until this leadership position. Um, I, I served with love. I, I think one of my passions is to treat people with, with respect. And because I did my job that way, I was actually approached to take on this leadership when I didn't really want it or was ready for it. But because of me, you know, always challenging my mind and my body and everything um, to see, you know, where I can go, how high I can go. I, I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to do this. I need to grow. I need to grow in this area. And wow. I took it on as a challenge, but not thinking it was going to be long-term. So I said, okay, I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna learn how to deal with conflict. I'm gonna learn how to deal with fears. And, and that's exactly what I did. So I put everything, all my energy into it and really love being a leader. I love to teach. I love to learn everything and build new leaders for the next generation. And I think those are the qualities that I, I would um, say our great qualities in a leader is, you know, just building other leaders for the next generation. I want to teach people that there's no competition. There's an abundance of opportunities for everyone. And we cannot, you know, feel that envy or the competition or, you know, just, I couldn't stand that type of negativity in a team. So I always wanna make sure my team feels encouraged and that they have the potential as long as they put the work into it. It's, it takes work. It's not easy. Right. <laughs> I, may, I might make it look easy, but it's not. <laughs> I do a lot of work on the side, not even on my work hours to make sure that I am a good leader. I'm there for them, but I'm also challenging them to step up. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Those, you said some amazing things. And if I may add, you know, you said you never believed that you could be there. And I think that's, that's something that we can choose. 
even though you didn't have a plan, at some point you realized I'm going forward. Yes. I am not going backward. And you didn't dwell on backward. Yes. It seems like you just had this, this tunnel vision that, okay, I am moving forward. I am not going to let my past haunt me. I'm not going to believe all the garbage because the people that are still there, that's what they did. They have, they have the same opportunities as anybody else to keep going forward. Yes. And that is, that is untrue. I didn't, um, I didn't have like a plan. Like I know I have, you know, an older sister, she was, you know, my, my older sister, you know, everything she did right. And, you know, she always planned all her things. And for me, it was like, well, let's see, you know, let's see what happens. But you're right. I did have that, that tenacity to keep fighting. And the reason I think I was able to move forward was because I I forgave. I let things go. I didn't let them linger in my mind. So once and that became a habit when I started forgiving and letting things go. It became a habit because I did it so often. Oh, and okay. Did it frequently. Nice. Yeah. So it was so easy for me. Like people would ask me, like, how can you just like forget about or move on? And doesn't that bother you? And I would, I wouldn't even know how to explain it. Cause I'm like, no, it doesn't actually, you know, somebody can call me names do whatever, you know, do cruel things to me. And I just forgive them quickly. And I'm happy. I'm at peace. And I'll talk to them the next day, like nothing. I don't hold on to those grudges. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I can definitely, you know, that contributes to my success is not holding on to the negativity. People don't know what they're doing if they you know hurt you they're just coming from a place from what they either experienced or lived in their lives and how can i judge them Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's very mature and very um very responsible and very civil and humane yeah like that's that's so true but we we often don't learn it until later so i hope our audience here is taking that to heart um, because we don't have time. We don't have time or energy. Like just don't hold on. I agree. Yeah, life's too short. I mean, I just think about how poisonous that is if I hold on to, you know, a setback or, you know, something that someone said to me or did to me, you Mm -hmm. know, even, you know, forgiving things that other people will say, how could you forgive, you know, those things? Like, you know, my brother, I mentioned that my brother passed away um, due to suicide. We really believe that it was due to um, murder, but we can't prove it. But I learned to let that go because it was eating me up inside as a teenager. You know, there was, I can feel the anger, you know, building up and I wanted to do something, but I I couldn't prove anything. So just learning to let that go and let, 
you know, give it to God. I can't do anything. It's just poison inside of me and in my family if they see me react in this way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Alma, I've loved talking with you and hearing about your journey. And it, it really is amazing. It's such a miracle that you were one person. <laughs> and then you woke up one day and realized, wow, I have more to offer. And you are. And you are touching thousands of people every day. That's great. What are your plans? What do you want to do next? How are you going to continue to share the world, share with the world your message? You know, um, like I told you before, I was afraid of speaking. This job and all the jobs that I've had have built me up to be able to speak in front of groups over, you know, I think I, the largest group that I spoke in front of was like 500 people, you know, at and it was work related, but still that, um, the more I did it, the less I felt fearful. And I wanna encourage people that the fear is a lie and you can use it to your advantage as energy or fuel to get past those limiting beliefs or those challenges that you think you can't get through and do it. So that's what I wanna do. I wanna share, you know, my story, the things that I did, and all the material and books that I've read, because I definitely have studied and read and researched so much that I want to give it to them in little bite-sized pieces that they don't have to spend years of, you know, trauma or, you know, going through experiences, and they can learn it so quickly. So, I'm looking forward to the Coach Talk Cafe platform to get started and provide, you know, sessions. I don't even care if I do it for free. I just want to help people. I've been blessed and I want to help people. If I can, you know, dedicate some of my time, especially during this, you know, quarantine and all the things that are happening right now, you know, I will sign up and give classes to teenagers to young women whoever needs me so that's what that's i want to do wonderful yeah awesome so how can people get a hold of you what's the best way so right now i am building myself up to start the coach talk cafe platform so they you know i i haven't set up a page yet um, but that's coming in the future, but they can find me on Facebook. Just, you know, find me under Alma Delgado. Reach out to me. I'm willing to help anyone that's in need or just need some encouragement um, to step up, take advantage of your life. You, this is a gift and we're all here to help each other. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. I will include your information in the show notes thank you it's so been much so for having awesome me. oh absolutely. i'm so excited <laughs> thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart i'm so looking forward to the next few years just impacting so many more people you are i know it i'm so excited can't wait to see you thank you Lynn. 
I love it when I get to feature a guest that we've had in the past, and that's the case today. We've had Julie Lee, the author of the beautiful book, I See You, How Compassion and Connection Save Lives. She is going to delight us with more of her knowledge and tell us a little bit more about how much vulnerability has completely changed her life. It's a tough thing to think about. It takes a lot of bravery, and Julie has it. I think it's awesome that you've spent the time with us today. And, you know, my guests and I, we have been through a lot to heal our trauma and to get to where we are today. And I hope that you've been inspired. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Don't forget to share it with other women who you know are looking for some more resources to help them along their healing journey. Also, go to our website, thesexymama.com, where you have an opportunity to book a call with me where we can talk together. I can assess where you are in your healing journey to see if there's more that I can do for you. And we have a private Facebook group, which is an amazing resource for you, for women only. It's called Triumph After Trauma, and I will catch you next time.